salutations, peace, and blessings. You're listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I'm your host, the Commish, and we are wrapping up week nine of the NFL schedule. I really have a bunch of games I want to touch on real quick, and I will probably breeze through this episode faster than you know, faster than the Monday night game might have been between the Bears and the Steelers. I'm going to get right into it with the good teams, the good versus the bad teams for my commission's two-a-days on Monday nights. Uh, There were a number of teams that played well, and I shout out all the teams that I have listed here, and I'll name those teams in a second. But uh, there were, of course, a fair number of people that won. But uh, these games that I saw stood out more than the other games. And so when I saw these games and I saw the end results, I was definitely surprised. I was definitely surprised. I I did not think that these teams would win. Most of these teams were underdogs. They were not favored to win. So when I look at Atlanta, you know, I'm happy for Atlanta. Shout out to Atlanta and a great game that they played against the Saints. The New York football Giants won two of the last three games. Probably should have won against Kansas City on Monday night without digressing. The, the Giants are improving. They're, they're, they're finding their rhythm at a good time. And the people that have been hurt for a good portion of the first half of the season are now healing and getting healthy. So I, I like the direction that the Giants are going in. It pains me to say that knowing that Washington is now going in the same direction. But, you know, you got to call a spade a spade. And right now the Giants are looking good. Congrats to them on the win. The Baltimore Ravens, that is a surprising team. They played, I believe, their third team, their third game in overtime and won. I think the first game that they played was against the Raiders. Uh, first game of the season, and they lost that game. But since then, every other game they played in overtime, they won. And it's amazing that when you're looking at this game between the Ra- I'm sorry, the Ravens, yes, the Ravens and the Vikings. Uh, it, they looked like they were dead to rights. I, I didn't think that the Baltimore Ravens were going to win that game. It looked like Minnesota was definitely the better team. They were up two touchdowns. And it's Lamar Jackson. It's the Lamar Jackson show, and everybody else is just watching. This guy finds a way to win. And unless you have a defense, that I know early in the season, many people said that there are defenses out there that can shut down Lamar Jackson. They are dead wrong. I have yet to see a defense outside of what I saw against Cincinnati last week. I, I, I can't find defenses, and I don't see defenses that can find ways to neutralize Lamar Jackson. He's amazing. It's a firecracker. That guy can do whatever it is he wants. He can throw. He can run. I'm shocked he hasn't started kicking field goals, but I guess they have a kicker that can do that for now. So for Lamar Jackson and that win that was huge there in Baltimore, shout out to Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Great game. New England. I got to give a huge shout out to New England. Who would have thought that Mac Jones and this New England offense, and and, and let's not exclude the defense. The defense has been very good as of lately for New England. Uh, They, I believe they've won the last three of their four games that they've played, the only loss that I can recall was to the Cowboys a few weeks ago, and they've been playing sound football. Shout out goes to New England. They have been playing great football. They, they had a huge win the other night, and I'll touch more on that in a second. Uh, and Cleveland. What can I say about Cleveland? You know, stand up Cleveland, wherever you are, the Browns are doing well. They're 
hanging in there, all things considered, with Baker Mayfield and now OBJ no longer part of the team. They're picking up right where they left off. Don't miss a beat. Play an outstanding game. Nick Chubb ran all over the Cincinnati Bengals. And those are some teams that I thought had great days this past weekend. But the one, actually the two teams that stood out in my mind and we'll talk about right now. The first team that comes to my mind during the um, week nine games in my two days. First team I want to acknowledge is the Denver Broncos. Shout out to the Denver Broncos. It wasn't too long ago I was talking about Denver and how poorly they played that Thursday night game against Cleveland and how bad they looked against uh, against the Cleveland Browns. And it, it's it's amazing how a lot of teams, a lot of these teams that look bad in the beginning of the season, like horribly bad. And, and, and you see how they played against uh, Baltimore and they got shellacked. And then they struggled against a Cleveland team without Baker Mayfield. It was easy to say that with the loss of Jerry Judy and some other players, that this this team, this Denver Bronco team, may not even be able to compete in that division. They trade away Von Miller, and they pretty much reduce their team to a younger team, and they, they look sensational. They look great against the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I'm glad they beat the Dallas Cowboys for a number of reasons. You know, I'm a hater. So, you know, I, this shouldn't come as a shock knowing that the commission can't stand Dallas, but Dallas just was not competitive. And if you look at the stats, if you look at the numbers from top to bottom, first of all, the Denver Broncos, they defeated the Dallas Cowboys 30 to 16, and it wasn't even close. A lot of the 16 points came later in the fourth quarter. But Dallas, holy cow, they couldn't score in the first half. They were shut out 16 nothing in the first half. First downs. In favor of the Denver Broncos, 23 to 14. Third down efficiency. Denver was 8 for 15. Dallas was 5 for 13. And they were 0 for 4 on fourth down. This is Dallas. This is the same Dallas Cowboys team that everybody anointed Super Bowl bound. And they couldn't even they couldn't even convert on fourth down. More or less third down. They couldn't do anything right. Total plays. Denver, 73. Dallas, 57. Total yards. Denver in favor, 407 to 290 yards. This is the Denver Broncos. This is the same team that, like I said a few weeks ago, was struggling even to get the running game together. But you know, with, with Teddy Bridgewater and what he's doing with this team, he's providing the team hope. What they need is a quarterback that can provide this team with some hope. All he has to do is manage the game. It looks like he knows what he needs to do. He's he's not cocky. He's, he's you know he's not um over the top as they say. You know he's he's a, he, he maintains a sound game of football. Not too raunchy. Has that swag, but he keeps it very confined and he just manages a good game. Not extraordinary numbers coming from from Teddy Bridgewater, but it, it wasn't necessary. Because for what the defense did, it was just amazing how they were able to neutralize that run game. They had nothing going for themselves for Dallas. They had 78 total rushing yards. 78 yards. This is what Zeke Elliott, this is what uh, Tony Pollard. I like to give Dak Prescott some credit when he's healthy, when he's running the ball. Two turnovers they're able to get from Dak. This is the Denver Broncos. 
This is the team that struggled the last few weeks to just win. And I know they 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 held their you know, they held it down against Washington. I mean, who doesn't, right? But it's just for what you expected out of Dallas. I mean, from out of Denver, this was amazing. This was an amazing game for Denver to win because everybody had written off Denver to be that team to be a um, a force of nature in that division. If, if for lack of other terms, because you saw, you see what the Chiefs can do, even with their offense and defense playing poorly. We know what the Chiefs can do. We know what the Raiders can possibly do. We know what the Chargers are capable of doing. But no one really thought that Denver can do what they've been doing over the last few weeks. So I commend Denver on a game well played against the Dallas Cowboys, who was highly favored to win. It brings their record to five and four and funny enough if you look at the AFC West each team has five wins including the Kansas City Chiefs whoa you got two teams tied for first and two teams tied for second half game separates them the the the, the last I dare I say the last the second half of this season is going to be interesting in itself just in that division alone it's gonna be fascinating to see in the AFC West. Second team I'm giving some love to on my two-a-days, and it shouldn't shock anybody, but the Tennessee Titans should definitely get some love. Shout out to all those people out there in Tennessee and what we see out of this Tennessee Titans team. My gosh, I believe they won four straight games. Is that true? Did they win four straight? It was the the Bills, the Chiefs. Uh, They won, of course, against the Rams, and I know I'm missing another team, another game. But this is phenomenal. This is this is in large part what we're looking for out of Tennessee. It was the Colts. I, I, I can't ignore the Colts. The, the game they won in overtime against the Colts. They have been playing lights out, football lights out. They pretty much put the whammy on the L.A. Rams. 28-16. First in the division, 7-2. Nobody really keeping up with them, even with the Colts. And the way they're playing right now, they really can't hold the candle to Tennessee. They met met Matt Stafford. And I just anointed Matt Stafford as the uh, comeback. No, excuse me. The most improved player of the midseason thus far. Of the last eight weeks that we've seen football, Matt Stafford pretty much has earned that position as the most improved player. And so when you saw him playing against Tennessee, it he didn't, even, he didn't even live up to that standard. <laughs> Stafford had 48 passes, 294 total yards, one touchdown, two key interceptions, of which the Tennessee Titans defense took full advantage of. I think it was the reason why they were able to win that game. They just kept putting pressure on Stafford and that offensive line. They didn't have much of a running game going for themselves. The Tennessee defense was lights out, like I said, 75 tackles, four for losses, had 11 quarterback hits. They sacked Matt Stafford five times. This was a complete work of art for this defense, a defense that not many people took seriously until they probably beat the, the Bills and until they beat the Chiefs. So now we you can't, you can't ignore the Titans. They're probably a top 10, I dare I even say a top five team right now. The way they're playing, winning four straight, and they're in a division where there is no competition. Outstanding game for Tennessee. Total yards, 
just to just run this off, which is ironic too, because for total yards, you would have thought that the Rams had them beat. Because the Rams were highly favored total yards. 347 yards, 194 yards. Time of possession was in favor of the Rams, too. But what killed the Rams outside of those turnovers were penalties. Penalties would do it every time. Doesn't make a difference with sport. You cannot win a game where there's 12 penalties that cost you 115 yards. Can't do it. Won't happen. Especially against this Tennessee Titans defense that have been playing extraordinary football. Shout out to them. Tannehill. Had a very pedestrian night, 143 yards with one touchdown, but it really didn't make a difference. The defense really stepped up for that team. And I want to give a special shout out to Adrian Peterson. They brought him back after losing Derrick Henry. They bring him back and he has a fairly decent game. He adds another touchdown to his Hall of Fame resume. He's an extraordinary man. And, you know, you wish the best for Adrian Peterson. If only he had some more speed, he'd be right there in the running. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Somebody would have picked him up years ago. But nonetheless, Tennessee wins against the Rams. Let me go into the bad teams. The teams that look god-awful on Week 9. And there's a list of those teams. I've already mentioned a few of them. New Orleans, horrible game they played. They were winning, then they lose to Atlanta. A game they should have won to keep them in the running against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would have been tied for first place, but <laughs> they couldn't do it. Dallas, I just mentioned. Oh, man, Dallas looked horrible. Horrible. Maybe Dak Prescott was not ready to play. Who knows? Minnesota, I mentioned them. Cincinnati, mentioned them too. The, uh, the, the I almost call them the LA Raiders. It's the Las Vegas Raiders. That's a game they should have won. Not to say that the Giants are just that easy to walk over. But the Raiders knew how they needed to win just to maintain their spot in the division. If they win this game, they stay ahead of the Chargers. They stay well ahead of the Chiefs and the Broncos. They couldn't do it. Lost a, a game they probably should have won on the road to the Giants. The Rams, I mentioned again, played a very bad game. But the two teams, I think, that played the worst game. This past weekend, you got to start with the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills, what in Lord's name are you doing? You are in the lead in the division. You are head and shoulders above everybody in the division, and you lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars nine to six. That's not a typo. You look it up online; it'll tell you they lost to the Jaguars nine to six. What was such a struggle? with the Jacksonville Jaguars that you couldn't put a touchdown up on the board. And we're talking about a NFL MVP candidate, Josh Allen. Let me tell you, he met his match. He threw the ball 47 times, but it didn't matter. He completed 31 of those passes for 264 yards, but no touchdowns. What are you doing the whole game? The the running game was shot. They they couldn't do anything on on the running game. What? What more did Buffalo need to do to at least try to score because Jacksonville's defense came to play? Two interceptions they get off of Josh Allen. Total sacks. Jacksonville had four to Buffalo's two. They had eight quarterback hits. This is Jacksonville's defense. They played an extraordinary game, all things considered. Even though they lost uh, by three points on Buffalo, even they lost by three points, it's still the fact that they just could not move the ball against this defense. Jacksonville's defense. And it, what, what can I say at this point? 
you got to know what to do in these situations when you're playing a team like Jacksonville that should have been a little bit easier to win over. But nonetheless, you know, Buffalo Bills stunk. Jacksonville did a decent job to win. Shout out to them. But Buffalo, come on. Now you're half a game ahead of New England that's knocking on your door. Do you really want Mac Jones and that New England Patriots team to take over the division? Knowing that you are this close to making the Super Bowl, what is it going to take? Defense needs to wake back up. Josh Allen, you need to wake back up on offense. The second team that looked pitiful, pitiful on week nine was the Carolina Panthers. Oh, my Lord. What, what can I say about Carolina at this point? It is so disturbing to see how they've played this far. And, 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 and just knowing that this is a team that I had favored to go into the playoffs. And now they're last in the division. Oh my goodness. I, I don't, I'm, I'm at a loss for words when I'm looking at the numbers. Donald throws three more interceptions against new England's defense, which is nothing to sneeze at, but they lose new England 24 to six. It's the same situation. We're talking about Buffalo. New, new England found a way to shut down Carolina. Carolina can't do a thing on offense. The defense couldn't even stop New England from scoring. This is amazing. This is just looking at these numbers. Darnold was 16 for 30, 372 yards, no touchdowns, three INTs, QBR of three. Now you got a question if Sam Darnold is suitable to be a starting quarterback in this league. And then there's, there's so many people that will, will deny the fact that he is. They'll swear up and down. He just needs better coaching. He needs more motivation. But let's face it. If you're going to struggle on a team with the Carolina Panthers with the coaching that they have, chances are it's you, buddy. Chances are Sam Darnold may just be a dud as far as an elite quarterback or even just a starting quarterback. Now, that's not to say he couldn't go on another team. It's just the fact that for what we tried to give credit for with Sam Darnold, it just ain't making it. You're just not that good, buddy. I don't know what more it's going to take. I mean, it was total, there was 78 total rushing yards for that Carolina team. They couldn't run the ball. They couldn't pass the ball. New England just looked that much better than them. And I don't know what else to say. You know, it's 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 sad. It's sad. They're 0-2 in the red zone. What, what, what more could I have to, have to say about the Carolina Panthers? This is bad. Bad football. Can't, I don't know what else to say. This is bad. So says the commission. <laughs> I'm just at a loss of work. I saw some bad football. And, you know, you, you, you really don't want to label every game of which someone loses is bad. But I believe that the Panthers were favored to win. I'm pretty sure the Buffalo Bills was favored to win against Jacksonville. I'm almost certain the Dallas was favored to win against Denver. These are games that you should just know hands down should be wins for these teams. Their favorite big time. Buffalo was favored by more than 10 points, if I'm correct. And look at them. They just look horrible. All right. What more is it going to take? Maybe a lot of these teams need that bye week right now. Maybe a lot of these teams are just trying to survive to get to that to that bye week at this point. But, the, you know, there's some teams that already had that bye week. And what are you going to do about it? What's going to happen at this point? Uh, so says the commission. You've been listening to the Kneel Down podcast. I... I'm at a, I'm stunned. I'm at a loss for words tonight. This is probably the first time in a long time that I can sit here and say that I don't know what else to say. 
I mean, like I said, we saw some good football, but for some teams that we really put so much emphasis on, teams that we felt as though are playoff bound, it may still be playoff bound. You can see that there are still some problems on their teams, on these teams, of which the offense isn't clicking or the defense isn't clicking. And it could cost them a spot in the playoffs, could cost them a spot in the wild card. You never know. But you can only hope they improve, but it's just, it's still the fact that, you know, for teams like Carolina, it may be a done deal. You know what I mean? It's, you got the Falcons ahead of the Carolina Panthers now. The Falcons are making a move in the division, and they deserve to. You know, they played some some good games as of recent. I think they've, they've won the last two out of their four games or three games that they've played. So they played over in London and won, and they won a game against Miami, and then they win this game against the Saints. So they should be proud of their accomplishments and a few others as well. But there's there's something about the, the Buffalo Bills right now that's really giving me pause as far as how thorough and how efficient and how motivated they are to just win. And to maintain that winning style. And it, it makes you wonder. In Tennessee, just the opposite. Started off rough, and now they look sensational. Makes you wonder just how far they may go. With all that being said, I'm going to just wrap this up with a bow. It's been fun talking about football. We're going to be going to week 10 before you know it. Hope everybody has a great week. Again, you've been listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I have been the commish. And I hope everybody, again, has a great week. I want to thank you guys for listening to the show. It means a lot to me. With that being said, I will say peace and love to all those out there. Stay safe. Get vaccinated. I'm out.